This podcast is sponsored by Vicon, the Academy Award-winning developer of motion capture products and services for the life science, entertainment, and engineering industries. Vicon provides cutting-edge hardware and software with leading industry accuracy. Shogun, Vicon's visual effects software, developed specifically for the needs of the VFX community, captures performances effortlessly in real time and delivers robust, accurate, reliable data. Find out more at www.vicon.com. Hi, my name is Victoria Atkin, and you're listening to the Performance Capture Podcast. Today, I have Elias Tufexus with me, a good friend of mine who we worked... Well, we didn't work directly on Assassin's Creed, but we worked on the same franchise, and that's how we became friends. But anyway, I'm going to let everybody hear from your own point of view who you are, where you grew up, and your professional title, please. (laughs) I don't know how to define my professional title. Somebody asked me that the other day. Actually, I've been I've been applying to since I just moved down to LA. I've been applying to the, all these houses, and when you list like your employment, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm kind of an actor, but I'm also like a voice actor, but I'm also a performance capture actor, but I'm also a producer, and I'm kind of so I don't really know how to define my title. I work in the entertainment business is the best way. Oh, that that's sketchy though. Yeah, that's so <laughs> sketchy, right? Um, <laughs> okay, well, that, yeah, no. Yeah. We all, and this is the great thing about performance capture is that, that nobody really has, and everybody that I've talked to has this vague title. Oh, man. Over Christmas, my in laws came to town and I showed them a scene from Assassin's Creed, from the new one. And I, it took me like 45, I, don't, I think I still didn't get it across, 45 minutes to try to explain how it is that I captured that. You just record your voice and then. They animated it. I'm like, no, that's that would be like an animation or a cartoon. But no, I was on the stage. Well, they filmed you and they painted over you. Well, kinda. <laughs> You're like trying to explain exactly what it is. It's impossible to explain. Yeah. So that actually gets me onto my next question. How would you best describe performance capture? Uh, it, it depends on wh- how you're trying to, or whom you're trying to define it to. To your in-laws. Basically, it's like doing a stage play, except you're mic'd. And there are cameras everywhere. Everything you're seeing there in that performance, my voice is being captured, my facial reactions and my body, they're all being captured the same way, and then they're just put into a computer, and they're kind of run through different animation teams to kind of make it look like what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. That is the only way I could explain it to a layman. To an actor, I usually explain it differently. I just say... It's like a stage play because you're, or like theater in the round, because you don't generally have to concern yourself with camera angles or blocking your other actor or anything like that, or lighting or hair or makeup. But you can be a little more subtle because you're mic'd and they're literally capturing everything that your face is doing and your body are doing. You probably get this question all the time because you do a lot of voice work as well. I do a lot of just voice work. And uh, the question I get is, well, how is it different from being on camera. I get that all the time. Mm -hmm. And I always answer with, well, the techniques are different, but the core of the performance, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if it's performance capture stage or on TV. It has to be, it has to come from the same place. So your motivations still are the same and you have little different techniques, like don't talk too close to the mic. (laughs) Don't don't do things like don't, you know, uh, don't move too much where it's going to damage, where it's going to take you off mic. Yeah. You know, things like that. Those are just techniques. 
but the performance comes from the exact same place no matter what medium you're working yeah. in. And that's why I say I, I do some workshops where I bring people in for an introduction to performance capture. And I say, this is not me. I can't teach you how to act in this class. This is just telling you the differences between if you've done theater and film or if you've done TV, how different it is to also if you're just a perform, uh, just not just, but you, if you're a voiceover actor and you want to get into this, there's some things that, one, you need to lo- know your lines. Um, and you yeah. need to be off book, which is... That's the biggest issue for me that I've found in meeting people down here in L.A. in particular is because there's such a big voiceover community and a lot of games now uh, go into, at least AAA games, go into at least a little bit of performance capture. And I find that a lot of voice actors, again, come to me and go, I don't know what to do. I don't, mm-hmm. uh, I can't, I've never been on my feet having to worry about cameras mm-hmm. and things like that. And I find most voice actors are actually really good actors, so it's not that difficult to steer them in the right direction. I'm sure you found this mm-hmm. with your workshops. Mm. Um, but I do find the other, the opposite, difficult, taking a film actor and making him or her be a voice actor. Mm-hmm. That's a little more tricky. Yeah, it's, very, it's just a very different skill set that they yeah. you know, just have to find where it fits. Anyway, so how did you discover performance capture? How did you get into this? What was your first gig? It's actually a weird story because my first ever video game job was this game called Need for Speed Carbon, which I did in in, uh, Vancouver. Okay. And I auditioned for it like a film, a regular old film, and they cast me in it. And we we shot it like a movie on a giant green screen, and they actually used that footage in the game. So it was very odd. Um, It was the first time... Uh, I had ever seen that. No, it's not the first time I'd ever seen that in a game, but uh, I thought that was kind of being phased out in favor of more animation. But for this game, they did that, and they had this weird thing. This is true, where they made us shave our arms. What? And they, <laughs> we had to shave everything, and, and they painted our eyebrows. You shaved your eyebrows too? No, they just painted them oh. down uh, and really caked the eyebrows on. When was this? This I is mean, like 2007. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 2000, no, even earlier than that, probably like 2006. They shaved your arms? They shaved my arms. And they had, Why? Because the computer couldn't render like you have little. Really, you don't even have hair. I don't, arms. I don't have Well, I guess you arms. don't now. The hair probably didn't grow yeah, back. Yeah, never probably. came back. <laughs> you know, I was like Robin Williams before. <laughs> um, no, they, uh, they made me do that. And they made the, the women do that. They made every, like everybody had to be completely shaved. shaven. Just weird <laughs> This thing. podcast episode is, is already <laughs> just going down some weird lanes. Yeah, sorry, it's my fault. But that was my first game, and my first game was being on, on my feet doing okay. these characters. So then I had booked a video game called Rainbow Six Vegas 2, and I booked it as a voice actor. Mm-hmm. It was my first game I ever booked as a voice actor. That's with Ubisoft, right? Yeah, that was with Ubisoft in Montreal. And um, the weird thing about that one was that they used the animators to mocap the characters. So they didn't think to use the actors. They, this was all new. This is 2007-ish. Uh, and they, <laughs> I had to match my performance to an animator being a really bad actor on a mocap stage. Like, I know there's a podcast, so you can't see what I'm doing, but it was a lot of, like, their arms were moving up and down every time they puppeteering spoke. Puppeteering. Like, puppeteering. Type. I hate that. And their arms were doing these big, broad things, and they were pointing at the camera a lot. And I remember going, you want me to match that? And they said, yeah, please, can you match that performance? And I think I said, you know, you should just get me to do that again. And then they said, no, no, we've already done it. So then... 
the next game I did, I, I highly doubt it had anything to do with my critique about having to match it, but the next game I did for Ubisoft, I had auditioned as a voice actor. It was called Splinter Cell uh, Conviction. And I booked a role, and right when I walked out of the booth, and I knew I booked it then, was they asked me, how tall are you? I said 5'10", and they said, okay, because on mocap stage at that point, you had to be 5'10 or bigger. They mm-hmm. didn't have a way to kind of adjust for that. And so what that was, was I listened to my own performance in a sound booth and matched it on the mocap stage. How interesting. I mean, it's come so far I know. now. This is only 10, capture. 12 years ago. It's moving so quickly. Yeah. You know, and actually all the people that we've been talking to on these podcasts, it's it's really... Yeah, it's fascinating how quickly we're moving with these things. And like you said about the puppeteering, um, now, you know, they're really casting some great actors. The scripts are getting really, really good. And they're trusting the actors to bring these performances to life and and knowing that that performance is key to making the story really. It really is casting the right actors at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's good to have performance capture experience. And I hope, you know, people take your workshops, actors in this town that have that opportunity to do these games because if you cast the guy the the guy or girl who doesn't know what they're doing and gets scared or overdoes it or over it which happens a lot i'll i'll play a game and i'll be like oh why why is this game like this (laughs) (laughs) they really should have cast you know and i can think of 50 actors in my head that i know who could do it but uh it's changing now everything is getting to the point where they're just casting it like a film, and they're casting hopefully the best actors. I don't know about you, but I've I've also noticed that the casting has been is being done, and there's pros and cons to this by film casting directors too yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, um, so they're really looking, and and writers from films are writing these scripts as well as yeah, just they're games. merging them together. Yeah, it's and really, then it becomes an issue with like I've been down in LA for about a year and a half, a year and a mm-hmm. bit, and when I got down here, I got my voiceover agency. Uh, they handle performance capture and video games and things like that. And then I have my manager for film and television because I do a lot of television stuff. And my manager and my agents. And they have no idea how to, u- how to use me for performance capture. Now, one thing that I've done different than a lot of actors, I've done a lot of performance capture in film and television. Uh, I was on a TV series for two years where I did a performance capture what character. Was, what was that? It's called The Expanse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's on right, yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Um, and I played this nine-foot-tall kind of like the golem of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the name of the character? It's just called, they just call it the hybrid. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on the first season as a regular actor. Mm-hmm. And then... Oh, then you got another part because you did performance Because I did performance capture, so they gave That's me this other bonus, part. That's a bonus, right? But my managers and agents have no idea how to use that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well... Tell people who are doing Avatar that I do this. They're like, I don't even know. And that's the th- reason why I really wanted to put this podcast together too, is so that everybody, all of us that are directors, performers, you know, that we can explain a little bit more about what this is and get it out there and unveil what performance capture is and mm-hmm. how it, you know, the actors that are bringing these things to life are are trained and very, very good actors that are having to do these things to bring these animated characters to life. So. Yeah, this key for this podcast is to kind of unveil what it actually is so we can educate people that yeah. are keen. I mean, I, th- I, I think most people in the industry are keen to understand it more and there just isn't the information out there. So going moving forward, what's your favorite thing about motion capture? I think my favorite thing is uh, that, it's, that it's, very contain- it's a very contained working environment. Um, much like I like voice work because it's four hours and you're very contained, but that gets very tiring 
by the end of four hours, especially with characters I play. A lot of stuff like, grenade, for four hours <laughs> gets kind of redundant. But uh, with performance capture is, what I like the most about it is you show up at 8, probably, maybe 7.30, you get in your suit, and then you work until 5 or 6, and then you're done. You don't have to worry about lighting, you don't have to worry about set changes, you don't have to worry about costume changes. And you just have to worry about getting that makeup off your face so you don't go to Ralph's with, yeah. <laughs> uh, with the dots. You do have dots all over your face. Yeah, I've done that before, I just just for fun. You just, just left just with makeup, left with, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it Because you're so tired at the end of drive, the day. <laughs> yeah, just to drive along the freeway with the dots on your face and look across to the other person in the car just for, for the fun of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's my favorite thing because you, you've done film yeah. and TV and the thing I love about film and television is being on your feet and doing a performance, much like performance capture, but you're working 16-hour days, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of downtime. There's never and, a night shoot with performance capture. Yeah, you can't, because, <laughs> because the video game companies aren't unionized, so they have to go home at 5.30. Uh, and I love that, actually. I love it. So I get, get there at 7.30, work until 5. becomes like a regular gig, but you still get to act. And you don't have to worry about... You do have to worry somewhat about camera angles. I mean, we can get into mm-hmm. that. But most of the time, really, we could be we could do, be doing a scene face to face. I don't have to worry that I might be blocking your light, yeah, or block because the camera. There's fifty or sixty cameras yeah. that are capturing the data, and that's the freedom. That's the thing that's I the love about it. it. It's yeah. so freeing, and your imagination can run wild. And because there's no set, you know what I see in my imagination. When we did Assassin's Creed Syndicate. We were in Victorian London, and my picture yeah. of Victorian London around me could be very different to what my colleagues sure. were visioning, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's fine. As long as it was there for me and the environment was there, it was a great place for, as you a child. You all sorts of things, yeah. yeah. Just, I'm standing there in front of 300 men, which is actually like 14 stunt guys, uh-huh. uh, but I'm giving these big, rousing speeches, and it's so much fun. And, you know, I'm exhausted at the end of the day because I'm screaming all day. But then you see the footage of it, and you're like, oh, look, there's 300 of them. That's and I'm surrounded, and there's boats and mountains, and I love that kind of stuff. So yeah. That's what's really fun about it. But at the same time, because it feels like a stage play, you can be subtle still, mm-hmm. because the camera is literally, like, less than a foot in front of you. There's mm-hmm. a, I call it the Fraggle Rock camera, because <laughs> it makes you look like a Fraggle. This is a dated reference. When you <laughs> see the, yeah, the data reference after, it's always a lovely angle from... The worst angle. Yeah. yeah. You're the only one. I remember seeing your pictures, and I'm like, Victoria's the only one who looks good in no, this No, they're camera. on my Instagram. They're not looking good. They're just from, I don't know. Anyway, I think I'm just laughing. That's what helps it. I look like a Muppet. <laughs> so um, you've told us about some of your amazing experiences as a performance capture actor, but is there anything that really stands out for you, a memory, something silly, or something that's happened with the technology? That Oh, I mean, the classics out? are like... Here's the Okay, so there are kind of technical tr- uh, things that are difficult as a performance capture actor with other actors. First of all, there's, well, I don't know, we didn't talk about this, but there's a, you, you wear a helmet that has, you know, balls on the helmet. We can call them markers if you want to be Let's less. Let's call them markers. <laughs> markers. And um, there's a, a, a little kind of like aluminum tubing that sticks out from the top of your head that holds a camera, like we just said, mm-hmm. that, that points to your face. So every actor has this. That's what captures your face. That's why you wear the dots all over your face. That camera is the one that's capturing your face. It's a very little, tiny little camera with a bright light that shines directly in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that you got to get over. But then if you have an intense scene or a love scene, both of the actors have c- 
cameras sticking in front of their faces. So very often you'll bang cameras and then you have to redo it. Plus you have to reset up everything. Uh, so if you're getting really intense, a lot of actors tilt their heads to the left or the right so their cameras don't hit, which is funny. But the, my favorite thing is the markers are stuck to you, for the most part, by Velcro. Mm-hmm. So if you have an action scene or a scene where you're getting intense with another actor, very often the markers on you get stuck to the other actor when you tear apart. Uh, oftentimes you can look at what you're performing on a screen live. You see sometimes like an, a skeleton of your character, or sometimes you see your character. And I remember I played a character named Adam Jensen in this game called Deus Ex, and uh, I was able to see him fully rendered, so every time I moved, I would be able to see him move. And at one point, we had this really intense scene, and three of my markers on my right arm got stuck to the other actor. And when you look at the footage, Jensen's arm just gets ripped off (laughs) and gets stuck to the other actor's neck, kind of hanging out. Like the thing from John Carpenter movie, uh, so those kind of those kind of things happen all the time. That's amazing. Or love scenes where like you're getting. I had to do a sticky. kissing scene, but we had to take the HMC off and put these goggles on. So oh right, yeah, so they can match the your, markers yeah, around yeah. the goggles, and then we had to kiss with these goggles on, which was just not romantic <laughs> at all. It, they do take the romance out of it because it's also very cold in those studios. And, it's and just, you're both in lycra, and it's just, it's yeah. just <laughs> anyway. So that's cool. Um, can you, if somebody's listening to this, and I know there's a lot of people that have taken my workshops and other workshops over town, they want to get into performance capture. You know, as we know, most people stumble into this field and yeah. it's a lot about curiosity and luck and fate. But if you had some advice, what would it be to getting into this? You know, we've talked a little bit about agents too. Both of us have a voiceover agent and a on-camera agent, yeah. so we have both bases covered because they are sending them to voiceover and on-camera agents, the yeah. submissions for auditions. But if somebody hasn't got an agent, or how, how would you say to get into this? I mean, in the end, in the end, it's the same as you would you would uh, you would do for any kind of um, medium of of being an actor. It's you need an agent. You need an agent. You can't unless you're friends with a bunch of people who make video games. And they somehow can get you into the audition room, uh, which I'm assuming can happen. But for the most part, you need to get an agent, preferably because of the way it's changing, both an on-camera theatrical agent and a voiceover agent. Because I know my agents, I'll get a call from my theatrical agent saying, we have an audition for a video game from this film casting director. And the first thing I think is this should go to my voiceover agent. But they don't even think to call because they don't have that information. Mm -hmm. So, because it's in its infancy still, it's really tricky to tell you exactly what type of agency to get, but you need an agent. Yeah. And if you don't have an agent, I mean, there are a million ways to get one. Uh, personally, if I wanted to do video games, mm-hmm. I would go through the voice route. Uh, from whatever town you're in, if there's voiceover work in that town, I would take some classes, get... Most most of the time, if you take a class, they can cut you a demo or at least give you an idea of how to cut a demo. Use that demo to go, then go get an agent, and then he or she will guide you through where to go next. Because just coming at it from, I want to be a performance capture actor because it's still so new, I don't think that that's a path. First of all, you won't get a lot of work uh, because people like us are taking most of the work. Well, also there's a difference, um, we haven't really talked about this much on the podcast, but there's a difference between motion capture acting 
and performance <coughs> capture acting. Now, sure. it, before it was the motion capture was done by people and then the voice was done by people. And they and still do that and I hate they it. They still do that. Yeah. But uh, now they are employing actors um, from TV film to do the full performance capture, which means the voice, the face and the body yeah. as one complete motion, which as human beings to replicate human being motion and performance is the best way to go I just if they have one, the budget. I would put up the writing and my performances in some uh, some of the games that I've done performance capture-wise better than the writing and my performances on TV yeah. and film. Yeah, it's really coming there's so along. much depth. And, and what's great about it is you can do a great, you can do a great performance and they, the animators, the great animators can just amplify it, mm-hmm. like eliminate a, a weird glance that you did yeah. or give you a little smirk or something that you didn't do on the day and just make your performance even better. So you have kind of two people, make, I mean, there's a team of animators, two sections trying to make this performance really good. Uh, so the actors get the credit for that for the most part. Um, but I always try to credit the animators. But I, I think, yeah, we're getting to the point where a performance capture, performance capture stuff is going to be the, uh, in, incredibly subtle mm-hmm. and realistic. Yeah. If they let the actors do their work. <laughs> okay, so that was amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. If people want to follow you on social media, how do we follow you? It's just my name. Twitter is Elias Defexes. And I think, I don't use Instagram that much, but I think it's the same thing. We can find you on both of those I'm things. sure. And I, I'll put I have some very, links as well. I have a very specific name. <laughs> okay. We'll put links to that below. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear Thanks about you and your life experience in this exciting world. Thank you. Today's recording was done by Formosa Interactive, a full-service post-production sound company. Among its many divisions, Formosa Group as a whole offers independent and AAA content creators end-to-end services including voiceover, sound supervision, sound design, editorial, mixing and music for gaming, film, broadcast and other platforms. Visit www.formosagroup.com for more information.